station in Vegas. 88.1. KCEP. Las Vegas. Owned and operated by EOB. We are Power 88. Your soul school station. In the interest of community service, Power 88 presents live talk shows to inform, enlighten, and to stimulate thought and dialogue. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of KCEP or the EOB. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Or call in and participate at 647-3688. Good morning and welcome to Workforce Connection Strictly Business. Business news and insights on local opportunities that will help you thrive. We're glad you're here and we look forward to having you join us every second and fourth Monday morning at 9 o'clock right here on Power 88. I'm Juana Hart, and I'm here with Cornelius Eason of Workforce Connections. Good morning, Cornelius. Good morning, Juana. It's a little chilly out this morning. It is a little chilly out, but we're happy to be in the safety of the studio this morning for a continuation of a program that really brought some good response last week. Um, if you joined us, then you know that last week on Strictly Business, we talked about Workforce Connections and the variety of partnership opportunities for local organizations that are focused on getting people to work in order to grow local businesses and our economy. And perhaps you're even among the listeners who heard that information and signed up for an event that will help them to learn more. Well, we want to make sure that everyone gets in on this and other opportunities as they arise. So we've invited back Sylvia Spencer of Workforce Connections, and she is here in the studio with us this morning for a closer look at how our workforce development system works and how to do business with Workforce Connections. But first, Cornelius, an upcoming event to give people the edge when they're looking for jobs. That's right. We do have an event coming up. Over the last year, uh, Workforce Connections has held a series of workshops for uh, people that are looking for work, and we've referred to those uh, as the Employment Edge. And so we've got another one of those workshops coming up here March 29th, and this one will be specifically targeted at veterans, those people that are returning from the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq that have served in the U.S. Armed Forces. So those, a lot, we hear a lot about those people having a hard time getting back into the workforce. So we want to give them some uh, information, useful tips on how to find a job, how to interview, how to create a resume. And so on March 29th, uh, beginning registration at 7.30 a.m., and the workshop will actually start at 8 a.m. and going through to about 2.30. So it's a full-day workshop. We'll serve lunch. It's going to be held at the Pearson Community Center over in North Las Vegas, which is on West Cary and MLK. Uh, and so we hope to have a little over 100 people that will participate in that. We've got uh, presenters from multiple agencies um, and, and, uh, and nonprofits that uh, are experts in their field. So once again, that's March 29th. Registration will begin at 7.30 a.m. The workshop will start at 8 and it'll run till about 2.30. And so we hope to see folks that are looking for work that have served in the armed forces come out and see us. You know, Cornelius, I, I have a military background of sorts. Uh, I grew up military brat. Uh, my brother and several other people in our family have served in the military for, for generations now, actually. And I've had personal experience trying to help people who were out of the military and trying to get reemployed. And I've noticed, you know, that those families make so many sacrifices. The individuals themselves make so many sacrifices that if anyone deserves special help and special support to get gainfully employed, these are the individuals. Yet they also, because of their training and background, are very reluctant to say, I need help. That's so right. uh, if, if someone is out there with a military relative, maybe they've been out of 
work for a very, very long time. Maybe just a one more little nudge to just maybe try one more effort. This could be the one that gets you on the track to that long-term career you're looking for. And that's our goal. You know, it's really sad and unfortunate that, uh, like you said, these uh, men and women go and, and their families and make these sacrifices, and some of them make the ultimate sacrifice, and they come home, and, you know, many of them are injured and wounded, and, and we're seeing some very severe wounds these days, and they can't find work. So uh, we at Workforce Connections are going to do our part along with our partners. And our partners include the Las Vegas Review-Journal, um, the Urban League, the Pearson Community Center, and many others. So uh, we want folks to come out on March 29th, and uh, we're going to do our best to get them into a career. Excellent. That's just one of the many things that Workforce Connections does that makes me so happy uh, to be a part of this program and uh, just be included in any of the activities that you have going on at all. And uh, for someone who's out there and in the business of preparing job seekers for gainful employment and ensuring that employers find just the right workers, military or non-military, to help your companies grow, then you have something in common with the funded partners of Workforce Connections, and perhaps you've even considered becoming a partner. Well, Sylvia Spencer is the Research and Development Director for Workforce Connections, and she was here last week and has received such great response about an upcoming activity that she agreed to join us here today for a closer look at how our workforce development system works and how you can do business with Workforce Connections. Welcome, Sylvia. Good morning, Juana Cornelius. We're so glad to have you back here with us this morning. Um, very, I guess people have a vague idea by now, even if they're joining us for the first time, that Workforce Connections is in business to help employers and job seekers, as well as people who want career advancement. What are some of the basic services available to um, the clients of Funded Partners? Um, actually, um, there's quite a few, but the most basic is employment and training, of course, uh, job placement, um, connecting the business uh, partner to the job seeker, um, resume preparation, interviewing skills, job preparedness workshops, um, and possibly some support services to help make that connection and link. So for people who are not aware of the system and how it works, there, there may be people out there listening right now, for example, who would like to partner with you to provide services to the community. But it's very difficult to get into a system and form a business relationship with someone when you don't quite understand who they are and how they work. So if you could give us sort of a, a, a workforce uh, development 101 course this morning, how does, first of all, who are the stakeholders in developing our local workforce? Um, as you know, no man is an island. So we're way down there, but we're in there. Um, the funding starts at Department of Labor. It travels to the state and from the state within the state, it goes to Depo uh, Department of Employment, Rehabilitation and Training. Most people know it as DEDER. And then DEDER, once it gets there, they're like our oversight. And it's distributed throughout the state into two um, areas north and south. The north is Nevada Works and we of course in the south is Workforce Connections. And once the funding arrives to us, we put out a request for proposals, most often called in our business RFP, and that's soliciting partners who are interested in providing the services that respond to our uh, need statement, what our statement of need is. And 
it's awarded, when the funding is awarded, then we have partners um, that are providing direct services to those job seekers in the businesses. And um, our primary role at that point is oversight and technical assistance. And so you have these partners that you are distributing federal funding to. Yes. And how do you choose those partners? Well, actually, we it's very typical in our business to have an independent um, evaluation team. And they look at who can provide the services and who best responds to the services that we're seeking on behalf of the job seekers and businesses. And once that's determined, then we make recommendations to our Adult and Dislocated Worker Committee and the Youth Council. If they approve it, the recommendations move to our full board, and the board approves it. Once it's approved, then the funds can be awarded. And you're looking for nonprofits? Or non- who, who are yeah, you looking for? Nonprofits, for-profits, consortiums, and other public agencies. That can train? They can train, that can assist with job placement, that can do development, career counseling, and give guidance to individuals to help link them to the businesses in the community. Now, you mentioned the request for proposal, commonly known as an RFP. That's part of the procurement process. In other words, buying uh, goods and services from local providers in the community. And Cornelius, how does the procurement process work? So we're like any other business organization. We consume products and services. So we buy office supplies, <clears throat> computers, professional services, etc. And so we do those through competitive bidding. So we issue either RFPs or we get quotes from multiple vendors. And in most cases, it's three vendors. And there is a dollar threshold for that. So how they can, how uh, businesses can um, uh, become part of that process is they go to our website, which is www.nvworkforceconnections.org, and click on the RFP tab, and then go down and add themselves to a list of vendors of which, when we have a particular product that we're looking for. We send out the RFP to that category of vendors, or they can go to, at the same website, the Contact Us button, click on there, and add their information, the product and service that they offer, and send us an email, and we'll add them to the RFP uh, list. So that means that they get a notification anytime there's an, an available a project or how does how does that work? Yeah, and w- when we're procuring a particular product or service, for instance, now I think we're in the process of selecting an outside auditor, and so there is an RFP that is issued about that, and it's there's information on our website about that. And so you know, it's like I said, wh- whatever the category of product is or service, we'll send out a notification to vendors that offer that product or service, and they'll have an opportunity to bid on that particular uh, RFP. Now, there's something that that you mentioned last week, Sylvia, that's coming up, an event that's geared toward helping any organization that wants to become a funded partner and work with you. And it's called RFP 101. And you got a lot of really good response right off the bat for this event. Tell tell anyone who would like that opportunity about what's going on. This, uh, yeah, this is uh, one of our um, events that we're most excited about, and it's something that we haven't done before, and it's aimed at extending our reach out to um, other partners and uh, potential partners and stakeholders in the community. This uh, RFP 101 will be um, a session that we're going to have one day at the Texas on February 29th, all-day event, and it's going to provide those that are interested in becoming partners or uh, partnering us through the solicitation 
presentation of proposals, um, the what goes what takes place, how to do it. Um, there's a statement of qualifications that they have to um, adhere to. There's um, looking at the procurement process itself, how to respond to RFPs. Um, we're really excited about this event. There are people who are intimidated, especially if you've been in business and you've operated uh, uh, for maybe a shorter amount of time than some of the more established nonprofits that deliver employment services. And it can be very intimidating to step up and go through the RFP process. Say someone attends this day-long workshop and after that workshop decides they want to bid on a project, is there additional assistance available to any organization that wants to uh, apply to become a partner? Absolutely. In the case, like when we're soliciting services, um, particularly for a targeted group that we're trying to serve, in addition to us putting the RFP out, there's always a bidder's conference. And that gives uh, additional specific information as it relates to that particular proposal. And questions can be asked. There's a period of time they can ask questions specifically about that solicitation up to a certain point prior to submitting their proposal. Are those mandatory sessions, the pre-bid conferences? Most often, yes. Okay. And it's in, the, it's in the best interest of those that are wanting to propose because making it mandatory, then that way they're forced into a situation, if they want to do business um, from that aspect, to actually get information so that they're better prepared to respond. So say I decide I'm really not ready for a large bid that will require me to spend time and perhaps dollars on, on creating a bid for a large project. Are there any ways to maybe start building my capacity to work with you? Are there lower dollar amounts or thresholds that I might be able to come in with to establish my credibility as a Workforce Connections vendor or partner? I've seen some excellent businesses that are now um, almost like lead agencies. They started off small with subcontracts with other uh, partners and stakeholders that are involved with us. Say, for instance, Company A is the fiscal agent, or they're the ones that come in with the bid. There's nothing to preclude them to building a relationship with others that may um, be interested in it and come in as a subcontract to establish their credibility. What's the best way to make those links if you're not aware of someone that you could partner with right away? Well, first of all, if you go to our website, there's uh, events and meetings that uh, we regularly hold. Every month we have the Adult Dislocated Worker uh, Committee meeting. We have the Youth Council meeting. We have board meetings, um, the local elected official meetings, which you might recognize as LEO meetings. And um, People come, they congregate, they network. It's an excellent way to meet new people, too. Well, you know, in fact, uh, for the RFP 101 session, we've had an overwhelming response. So that uh, event is going to be packed. So that would be a good opportunity to network work with folks that have the same objectives that you have, which is doing business or becoming a funded partner of Workforce Connections. And it's a great way to just become aware of who's out there in the community. It can help you know more about your competitors and build relationships for future partnerships and joint ventures. Absolutely. I think that's how I got started a long time ago. <laughs> By networking. Networking. Well, what about the results of working with funded partners? Once the federal funds are distributed, um, 
what are you looking for agencies to accomplish in the community? For example, if you can think of a good success story of a funded partner working in the community to build our workforce, what would you like to see more of? Um, we have businesses that come into the area that are establishing themselves. One of the best ways to become a valued uh, business is to be able to utilize the services that we have. We want to be the one of the first people they think of, allow us to be their HR, their resource for human capital. And we've had a business that came in and got 200 employees. Well, that is a tremendous value to the community. like to see a lot of that. So that helped the employees and the businesses and in the long run has a, a long-term economic impact on the community. Absolutely. And Cornelius, we have statistics coming out daily now that say the employment picture is improving if ever so slowly, but an important part of that is changing the strategy that's been used in Southern Nevada and other parts of the country for years and years. What is Workforce Connections doing to make sure that more people go back to work um, and that more businesses are thriving as a result of that? Well, I think uh, most recently the uh, the state of Nevada's uh, Office of Economic Development released a state plan for economic development. And in that plan, which was based on the Brookings Institute, Stanford Research Institute uh, report, it, it uh it calls for the state agencies to look at uh, industry sectors where they project growth, both in terms of businesses and ultimately businesses that are growing, hire people. And so Workforce Connections, actually we started this a little over two years ago, is looking at sectors and we called it a sector strategy. And so we focused our resources and encouraged our funded partners to look at those industries where we project job growth to be. And so in the case uh, most recently, we issued RFPs that asked for uh, these funded partners or potential funded partners to submit proposals on how they would grow jobs in the green sector economy and healthcare. And so we're focusing right now on different uh, industry sectors where we project there will be growth. And included in that, like I said before, is uh, the green economy, healthcare, manufacturing, um, IT, uh, distribution, uh, and logistics, and the aerospace. And for the businesses that will benefit from these training efforts, how do you, how do you determine a which areas you're going to focus on, um, uh, place the greatest emphasis on, and then b how do you ensure that you get that qualified pool of employees together? Well, in, included in the plan that I mentioned earlier, and then we kind of got ahead of that a little bit. Like I said, a little over two years ago, there are councils of industry experts that are have been formed and are being formed. And right now we have two that are in place and operating uh, very effectively. We have a healthcare sector council, which is made up of uh, healthcare medical professionals that kind of give us the insight into what they project or what they see in their daily organizations and businesses as being demand occupations. And we have a second sector council that's in place right now. It's around the green economy. And so we look for those people that are in the day-to-day -day of that industry to give us uh, input in terms of where we should be focusing our efforts and resources. A lot of people hear healthcare and they think I need to be a doctor or a nurse. Uh, people in the green industry may think I need to make solar screens or whatever uh, the, the common picture is that, that a person would have in his or her mind. What other kinds of jobs or careers can translate into these industries? Is it limited? 
it, it's not limited. Where you see, let's take, for, for instance, the green economy, where you see jobs uh, being created and filled every day are in things like building efficiency, right? How do you take a building and uh, do an assessment on it and determine where you need some additional insulation or where you might want to replace the, uh, the windows or things like that? Uh, the other is in recycling and repurposing. Many people don't think about that as being green, but it's very much green. How do you take uh, materials that otherwise would go into a landfill and repurpose those and use them again and being more efficient with, uh, with uh, waste uh, management? So that gives you an idea of some of the things that you would consider as a provider or a, as a partner of Workforce Connections. So after you distribute the funds to your partners, do you just wave at them and say, we'll see you after you've made all the placements? Or what kind of support goes into making sure they succeed? Um, we're involved with them on a regular basis. Uh, there's, like I said, technical assistance, monitoring, oversight, because we have a responsibility and requirement to make sure that the services are provided, that they're complying with their contractual agreement, and also that uh, funds are expended. Uh, correctly, according to federal guidelines. In so many instances, simply because of the source of the funding, the funding is uh, restricted. And it's restricted in that what we say we're going to do with it, we have to do with it. So we have to ensure that on behalf of ourselves and the partner. But more often than not, the partner is glad that we're there to make sure that they don't get into trouble and to give them guidance so that they can be better stewards over the funding. So there's the partnership between your agency and the providers. What about the government stakeholders, all of those entities? Everybody, the that's, everybody is there. Department of Labor monitors the state. The state monitors us. We monitor the contractual partners and their sub-recipients of the fundings that they may have contracts with. So there's a constant... Um, looking at the funding is constantly looked at, constantly considered what the outcomes are. We have to do monthly reporting. Therefore, we require those that have gotten our funding to provide us with regular invoices, um, to provide us with certain data. We're constantly extrapolating. We want to make sure that we're doing business correctly and that we are improving it as we go along. And if I'm in the business of providing services and I want to make sure that I'm doing the best possible job, how do I stay abreast? What do I do to make sure that I'm aware of the priorities of all of these partners? Is um, the same way... Um Dieter puts out uh, labor demand. They're constantly looking at the market. They have an economist that's aboard also looking at what is the best, what are the jobs that are most in demand in the area, in the community. And so that information is given to us. And also, it does not preclude our partners from discovering some things when they're out there working with other business partners. And for the business owner who might be out there benefiting from these services, what are some of the benefits that I can gain? Um, and is there any cost to me in working with a funded partner? There's no cost to the business partner or the job seeker. And what the business partner can gain is that, number one, it reduces their cost for outreach and recruitment. It can also um, put upon our contracted partners to be able to do some pre-selection for them, to screen, to make sure that they have the skills that the business partner is looking for, and also to um, even pro provide additional services and partnering. I've seen 
seen it where in the past we're working with business partners. Say, for instance, you hire five of my uh, participants that I'm working with. I'm amenable to coming in to do early intervention if there's a problem, provide additional services to make sure that they're able to retain that job and grow. What are some of the, the things that people will be able to learn in the RFP 101 session that's coming up on the 29th that, uh, for example, maybe there are common mistakes people make that you can help them avoid by speaking with them in the RFP 101 session? One of the things that I've seen in the past that's probably been um, that they probably will get most help with is actually responding to the need of the RFP or looking at the procurement process. There's a term, there's a three-word term that's real important in our business, necessary, reasonable, and allowable. And that's a test that they have to pass. Sure, the service might be necessary, it might be allowable, but is it reasonable? Cornelius mentioned before that there's a uh, cash threshold. Even if we procure a business, the state has us to adhere to the same thing. The other thing is looking at making sure they have a business license. They're incorporated in the state of Nevada. That they um, have the right liability insurance. Okay. Do you use those three terms? It was necessary, reasonable, reasonable and allowable. And allowable. Can you just take each one of those areas and, and expand for it? us a little bit. Okay. Let me give an example. If I was looking at a youth proposal, um, one of the 10 program elements is tutorials. Okay. And we have a youth that's not meeting basic skills. That's the situation. Is it necessary for them to go to tutoring? Yes. Is it an allowable activity? Yes. What is the reasonability? Cornelius mentioned sometimes we have to get three bids. And so I would look at and seek out tutors that could provide that service as a contractor or a business partner. And I would want to know what service provider can provide this youth with tutorial services at the most reasonable cost because it is necessary and it is an allowable activity. And beyond providing the, the basic job training services and the tutoring for the kids, what else do you do for that youth population that can help them become career ready so that they're not among the adults unemployed? Okay, one of the things is leadership activities, mentoring, comprehensive counseling, and that comprehensive counseling could include uh, career development, um, counseling, substance abuse counseling, mental health counseling. Um, the other thing is if they're out of school is to get them back into school. So we may have to link, look at uh, linking them to an adult education provider. And once they've graduated, what do they do there? We have to prepare them because we want them to be able to compete in a global co uh, economy as well. So we would look at post-secondary activities like college training, military, um, job placement activities. And so people who want to learn more about how they can do business with you, um, the opportunities out there and how to, to create a successful bid will show up when and where? They'll show up on February 29th at this Texas station and um, be ready and come with your heads filled and, and ready and open to receive all you can on RFP 101 in one day. <laughs> and how do they... And how do they uh, enroll. 
Okay, they can go to our website, www.nvworkforceconnections.org. That's nvworkforceconnections.org. And before we finish this program today, we want to make sure that we remind you of that website address again, the way to contact Workforce Connections, nvworkforceconnections.org. That's nvworkforceconnections.org. If you want to stay in touch, you can email us between programs at WC Strictly Business. That's WC Strictly B-I-Z at nvworkforceconnections.org. You will find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at WC Strictly Biz. And one more quick question for you before we go, Sylvia. Is there any specific type of organization that you really, really are looking for to show up for this next RFP that you're distributing? Stakeholders or partners that are interested, nonprofit, for-profit, consortiums, public agencies. And they should, again, contact you at nvworkforceconnections.org. Okay, then. And we are very, very happy that you were able to join us today for another look at the workforce development system. This is Juana Hart with Cornelius Eason. You've been listening to Workforce Connections Strictly Business. We have one more minute left. All righty. Okay. Um, just so you know, um, we have a reentry. Um, this is very timely. We have a reentry uh, RFP that's coming out. It'll be published on March seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, we've been providing the services in house. We've now um, been able to gather enough information that we think that we can put it out in the community, and we will be able to provide proper technical assistance. So March seventh, um, a reentry RFP will be coming out to provide services to youth and to provide services for adults. So if you're looking to get back into the workforce or or get a good job, this is the place to show up. This is it. And the intent is to provide comprehensive services because we know without um, assistance, many times these individuals that are being released from incarceration are more likely to offend. Well, we really look forward to that event as well. And I'm sure that we'll be giving more information about it uh, as that time approaches. Thank you so much for joining us again, Sylvia Spencer. Best wishes on RFP 101. We thank you for listening. This is Workforce Connection Strictly Business. I'm Juana Hart with Cornelia. Easton, wishing you the very best of success in your business and your career. Have a great day. In the interest of community service, Power 88 presents live talk shows to inform, enlighten, and to stimulate thought and dialogue. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of KCEP or the EOB. Feel free to mail any comments to KCEP at 330 West Washington, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106 or fax us at 647-0803. Thank you for listening to KCEP-FM Power 88. Hey everybody, this is Marshall Thompson, leader of the Charlottes, here with A.C. Green, the man who's helping you go back to zero and live the life you are dreaming of and stay tuned for more of the AC Green Show.